deliberate preparation, planning, and training help turn chaos into something you can handle. That's going to be the topic on Coffee with Alan this morning. I have Life is Good mug with me this morning because life is good. You can see me and my buddy Rocky there having a cup of coffee. Life is good, but it's important to be prepared and have a plan, a little bit of training for when things go bad. That will help us defend ourselves. That will help us survive in an emergency. Good morning, John. Appreciate you being here this morning. So what are we talking about? I wanted to explain a little bit, and I'm not going to go into in-depth about normalcy bias. But normalcy bias is something that happens. It's a mental state we enter when we're confronted with an overwhelming threat. And it makes us disbelieve the situation. You know, we underestimate the severity or the consequences of what could happen. And we reinterpret the situation or the event rather than take evasive action or decisive action that will keep us alive. And this is normal. I mean, I forget exactly, but they say something like 80-some percent of people will go into that normalcy bias in an extreme event. The top 10 to 15 percent, they will react, stay calm, perform, etc. And then the very bottom, they go into a wild panic. But the majority of people in the middle, they go into this normalcy bias And they sort of act like it's not that big of a deal. You know, we see this in a lot of different big events. There were people at 9-11 that were just packing up their things and doing this or that and not getting out of the building. Where if they would have exited the building faster, more people may have survived. The biggest thing that a lot of us in this industry look toward is the uh, terrible accident at Tenerife in the Canary Islands back in the 70s. I wrote about this in my book, Survive a Shooting. So there's information in Survive a Shooting on that accident. And there was a plane going to take off and another plane was landing and hit that plane. And 500 and some of the 600 and some people of both planes died. Maybe I'll write an article on this coming week's newsletter on that and give some more details because I have to go look up some of the exact numbers. And that's a good reason to sign up for that newsletter, enjoylifesafely.com. If you haven't yet, do that because I'll, I'll put something in there this coming Sunday's newsletter about that accident and some of the stuff about that. So sign up, enjoylifesafely.com. But anyway, had an airplane taken off, had an airplane coming down landing and, and hit that airplane. And 500 and some of the 600 and some total passengers died. Now, there was a man and woman, and he was like 70 years old. He got up. His wife was just sitting there and not knowing what to do or whatever. And he ordered her to follow him. They got out of the plane. While they exited, you know, they looked back and their friends that they were on vacation with were still just sitting there, sort of bewildered, not knowing what to do, as most of the people were. Now, all of the people on the landing plane perished when that plane crashed. But that plane that was hit, that was going to be taking off, some of them survived. The survivors were from that plane, including this elderly couple. The thing is, most researchers and think people talking to those survivors, many more would have survived if they would have just gotten out of their seats and got out of the plane. 
because they didn't perish when the plane was hit. They perished with the fire and the smoke inhalation that came next. Now, one of the things about that elderly couple that survived, interviews with them later, he paid very close attention to the safety briefing given by the flight attendant at the beginning of the flight. He looked where the nearest exits were to his seat. He had a plan. If something bad happened, he knew where to exit. And when something bad happened, he didn't go into the normalcy bias and think, oh, it's not that. No, he had that plan. If something goes bad, we get off the plane. He got up. He instructed his wife to follow him. Very important when people aren't responding. Give them those easy, simple, direct instructions to do what you tell them and get them to follow. They lived. And many other people that could have survived that accident didn't. And so that there's been a lot of research on that accident and different things. And you, you can find it in many books, including Survivor Shooting, because I wrote about it too, because it's such a historic and great example of how a simple plan and being prepared can overcome the tendency of people just to ignore and to underestimate the severity or the consequences of an extreme situation they're in. Dixon's here and Dixon is saying, oh, I'm having trouble reading it says most people who perish in fires are by smoke inhalation. Yep, that's correct. And then Eric says, howdy. You know, my computer program isn't working the best here to do those comments, but I think I got them up there and got those. Appreciate John Dixon, Eric saying hello. So let's get back to the important thing. The most important lesson that we can get from that is he paid attention to the flight attendant safety briefing and had a simple plan in place in case something terrible happened. Something terrible did happen. He executed his plan and was a survivor. And that is why when I teach active shooter response courses to schools and hospitals and businesses all around the country, I'm teaching them to have that simple plan. So when something terrible happens, they're not going into this, I don't know what to do, and just sort of frozen and paralyzed and, oh, maybe underestimated, or let's just hope. Hope is not a plan for survival. We need deliberate action, and that's why we have deliberate preparation, planning, and training. And some of that can be visualization. We can visualize what we would do in extreme situations. That's part of our training and planning and preparation. When we have that plan in place, in just a simple general plan, we're going to escape the kill zone. We're going to deny access to that killer. We're going to attack back and take that killer out, depending on where the killer is, where we are, and other parameters of the situation. But we're going to have that general plan. And having that can get us through that momentary paralysis to where we're making decisive actions that can keep us alive. John says, important mindset, situational awareness. Very true. We have to be situationally aware. And I teach that in my courses. I teach it in my books, talk about it. You can get a little course on it and some videos if you sign up for that newsletter, enjoylifesafely.com. It is that important. But beyond being situationally aware of what's going on, we want a plan and a course of action when we spot something out of the norm that we need to take action upon. 
It's not just enough to be aware that, oh, there's a killer that just came in the door. That's step one. We got to have it. But we also have to have the plan what to do when we spot the killer coming through the door. Escape, deny, attack back. So they work together. And while, yes, you have to have one, you got to have the other two. And if you don't have both, you're lacking. And that's why I try to make sure that people have all of that to help them be survivors. So I'm going to write more about this in the newsletter, but I just thought it was a good topic this morning. I wanted just to discuss that of how important it is. You know, I made a little post on Survive and Defend Facebook page. That's the sister page to and sister website to enjoy life safely. I monitor both of them. Survive and Defend, a little heavier on self-defense and survival. Enjoy life safety, safely, a little heavier on safety and enjoying life but they both work together and I cross post on them because all of it is important to help you enjoy life and be safe and be able to defend yourself and respond to an emergency if you ever have to. That's my goal. My goal is to help you enjoy life and be prepared for the worst just in case. And that doesn't mean being paranoid. Doesn't mean we have to live in fear. Hell no. I don't want anybody living in fear. I want you prepared, have a plan, a little bit of training, so you can go out confidently and just enjoy all the other things out there. And I hope you never need your plan. I hope you never need to execute any of the training in a real situation. But I sure hope if you find yourself in something, and when we turn on the news and look around the world, we see these things happening anywhere and everywhere. I sure hope if you ever experience one, you have the plan. You have a little bit of training. You are prepared and it sees you through so you can then get on with the rest of your life. That's what it's all about. Thank you to everybody that joined and said good morning and commented. I appreciate all of you. Hope you go out and make it a wonderful Wednesday and we'll see you tomorrow.